Welcome Travelers Blueprint community. I am Elliot Shibley and here with me as always is the Kuth, Robert Domeno. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right, guys, so check out Minivan of Memories. It is a blogging platform for like-minded travelers. Post your blog and uh, read other people's blogs. Um, bogs. Little pass Bogs. Little Passports is a monthly subscription, and basically they give you boxes, play boxes of toys or cultural, culturally significant items from around the world. It's pretty cool for people who like science, geography, things like that. Um, and then Travel by Locals, it's like Airbnb uh, for travel guides, so they provide you... They provide a website so you can reach out to real locals in whatever area you plan on uh, traveling to and spend their they spend their free time hosting local tours. So check that out too. Also, Audible. Go to our website, click the Audible link and sign up. Our guests today are actually much like Kelly, who we had on a few weeks ago, and Jess and Rod Rodriguez, who we had on a bit, actually, I think earlier this year or end of last year. And this family similarly sold everything and completely downsized to two vehicles, one of them being an RV. And they moved all of their other stuff that they, they did that they didn't want to bring with them. Wow, into a storage locker. Now they get to spend pretty much a week or two wherever they choose, and wake up looking at a beautiful lake with a gorgeous sunrise, and fall asleep looking at a sunset. And in this episode, we talk about why they started their trip, the logistics of it, and some of the financing of operating an RV. Without further ado, please welcome Jenny and Lynn of Destination Rejuvenation. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Jenny and Lynn, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So you guys have kind of sold everything, which we've heard before, but we haven't heard the story of buying an RV with your family and starting to travel the country. And we're extremely excited to talk to you about how you've done it, why you've done it, and kind of what you've learned along the way. So why don't we get into why don't we get into why why you started to travel the country and what made you want to do it. It's really, it's an interesting like compilation of different factors and facts in our life. I think that mm -hmm. led us to the point where after a couple decades of working with special needs kids, and then we had 12, 13 years ago, we adopted three kids from foster care uh, at the same time, essentially within six months of each other. And uh, I guess we found ourselves really exhausted. And Lynn's a mental health therapist. So mm -hmm. in addition to parenting three kids with a lot of special needs, um, he was also working in a professional setting with those with children with a lot of special needs. Yeah. So it took, I mean, basically it took all of our extra time and energy and everything just pour into helping our kids heal from their past abuse and neglect. And, and so uh, when, when about a year ago, we were just exhausted and I was tired and getting more depressed and we would enter into a state of what I call compassion fatigue. Um, we're like, something's got to change. Let's do something different. You know, our kids are, the three oldest ones are getting empty nesters and we just adopted a two-year-old um, and we want to be good parents for him for a while. We don't want to be burned out eventually. So what do we need to do to to get this going so yeah we knew we needed mm -hmm. to do something drastic because mm -hmm. for a while we had tried other things like <clears throat> thinking okay well um you know if we add some more um self-care in there or we do other things like that then maybe we'll be able to keep doing this and it just got to the point where we're like okay we need to do something drastic because this isn't working 
and when we looked at all of the things that we kind of wanted, they kind of all sort of summed up into three categories, which is we felt like we needed more margin in our lives. I was selling my time for money. And if we wanted more money, I had to sell more time. So it got exhausting. Um, and, and we wanted more adventure in our lives, not like thrill seeking or anything like that, but the unknown, you know, so get out of a rut. So when people, sometimes when you get depressed, one of the best things you can do is change it up. So, you know, things are different. And then we wanted um, uh, to find the beautiful things. We spend a lot of our lives looking and talking to people who are hurting and, and we see the ugliest things in the world of what people can do to kids. And frankly, you can, you can professionally distance yourself from that somewhat, but it's still heartbreaking to hear these stories. And so we wanted to look for beautiful things. So when it came down to the three categories are adventure, margin, and beauty, we were like, we want that. Now, what are our resources? And how could we get those things? Yeah, originally we were talking about doing a sailing trip and we were looking at the cost of sailboats as opposed to RVs. And it was like, let's see, a really you know, bad sailboat, old sailboat, <clears throat> and then the cost of an RV, it was just not even close. Yeah. So sailing wasn't going to provide for yeah. a margin at all. So <laughs> no. financially. So yeah, this, this allowed us to reduce our expenses and I can work. I, I, I got my client load down to two days a week um, and started shifting them to doing it online. And so, and then we, our resources were our, basically an incredible amount of equity in our home from buying it in foreclosure, doing a lot of work. And then an outstanding real estate market all combined. We had this, so we had all that resources and that's something let's do let's just start moving around and let's adopt a mobile lifestyle plus um there were a lot of family members that we weren't able to see um like my family's out in wisconsin and we hardly ever see them and you know you just never know how much time you have with people so we really wanted to spend more time with family where are you originally from <laughs> i'm from washington state and jenny's from the midwest, midwest but we, we met and got married here in wisconsin where we're currently parked yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> very nice okay where wait jenny where in the midwest um i was born in south bend indiana Okay. All right. My mom, my mom's originally from Chicago and oh, okay. Illinois yeah. area. They moved around quite a bit, but she says she's from Chicago. <laughs> That's, mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we lived in Ohio. We lived in Green Bay and then moved back to Indiana. So we've kind of been all over. Okay. You know, out of all of the digital nomad jobs that I've heard of, this is, this is a first. And how is that working out? Working, working, um, this particular job on the road online. You know, it's it's talk about the circumstances kind of aligning nicely because the state of Washington has recently just passed laws that require insurance companies to pay for tele mental health or telemedicine. Uh, so it's a, and and also nobody's doing this with kids or, or at least oh, not very many because it's kind of tricky. But um, it's working out great. I love it. So I sit in my office two days a week and I talk to my clients and their parents and um, it's been great. You know, yeah, this this are um, health jobs are are pretty good for digital nomads, especially nurses. Um, can do you know online work and that sort of, yeah so anyway it's, it's, i love it i love it yeah it seems like it can be incredibly effective and and you could mm -hmm. uh talk to a lot more people in a smaller amount of time without having to to go anywhere mm -hmm. I, yeah I really and i get into it. their home yeah, which like, is really nice i see them in their right, environment yeah. rather than coming to mine and for some people i think it's more comfortable um because going into an office might be kind of scary but you know talking on the computer is a little bit more comfortable for them mm -hmm. that's interesting so i I don't think I've mentioned this yet since our since it happened, but a few weeks ago, I actually had a collapsed lung and I ended up being hospitalized for a few days. And it was the first time I had ever had an overnight stay in a hospital. And they have a virtual nurse. So there's a, a camera that sits in the hospital room and most of the time just points at the ceiling. And only when they want to check in on you and see how you're doing, they will actually turn the camera, turn on the monitor, and you can talk to this person. And I have 
I think the person I ended up talking to was Letitia, and I have no idea where she actually was. She could have been in an RV. She could have been anywhere <laughs> in the country. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because my wife works in medicine as well, and she has seen a lot of the shift in telemedicine and doctors making phone calls into homes and doing all of this stuff from the road or from the satellite office. Well, forever, one of the biggest problems in healthcare has been that the if you're in a city, great, but there's a lot of really underserved areas. Mm -hmm. And I've had a vision for several years to try to figure out how do we get a clinic in every underserved area for these kids that specialists don't know what they're doing. And so uh, this is a great way to do that because we can be everywhere. For them. Yeah. And I think the, the challenge with that is in an underserved areas, it's also an issue with actual internet service. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that's interesting. I mean, I just want to bring it to... Uh, bring this to attention to our listeners a lot of our listeners are interested in travel and are looking for occupations that allow them to <clears throat> continue to travel while making an income and this is this is a new one that that mm -hmm. i was not familiar with and didn't really put much thought into and so that's that's interesting and that's something that <clears throat> younger people might be able to focus on going to school and still be able to, to travel yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. so who are you traveling with right now right now it's um the two of us and our now four-year-old son um sebastian and then we have two dogs uh which that definitely makes for an interesting travel because i think um you know we're it's like we'll vacuum and then you know two days later it's like full of dog hair so a golden <laughs> retriever <laughs> golden retriever and then a terrier so yeah i mean i i feel safe having the dogs but yeah definitely adds some extra challenges yeah that's interesting yeah yeah. I mean, do you do you have to get out and walk them and do you find oh, yourself yeah. stopping more often to make sure that they're going to the bathroom and, and things like that? Is that Yep. It's way yeah. different than I mean we used to just open up the back door, they go in the back fence yard and that was great. Right. It was easy. Yeah. They could stay out there and play, but yeah, ninety percent of the places we are, we have to take them out and walk them and just so it's a little bit more work to have dogs it's traveling. Definitely. And yeah. I've questioned our decision to have dogs <laughs> many times during this process. We love them. It's yeah. just like it's extra work for it's sure. It's definitely been the most um challenging part of traveling mm -hmm. you know is with the dogs i was gonna say because it seems as now i've never been in a mobile home on the road or traveling but are you allowed to use the restroom while it's moving well ours is a fifth wheel actually um the answer uh, is yes you can okay. absolutely use the restroom while it's moving both the fifth wheel if you're in a state that allows you to ride in a fifth wheel but we don't but a lot of states do and then the, the class a's and b's and motorhomes like that definitely you can use it while going yeah. dogs can't though yeah. exactly that was gonna be my next that was gonna be the segue is it seems like on a road trip 90 percent of the stops are either to use the bathroom or to mm -hmm. fill up on gas but with a dog mm -hmm. they can't really use a restroom on the road so you do have to stop yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. more frequently, and, and even with a four-year-old, you definitely have to stop a lot more frequently. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm not really familiar with the RV lingo. What is a fifth wheel? So yeah, it's a it's a kind of a travel trailer it's pulled by our pickup, um, and um, so that a fifth wheel is sits over the bed and it hitches into the middle of the bed as opposed to like a, a bumper pull trailer. Sometimes you know it's called a camper trailer, and that just attaches to the the bumper and okay. pulls behind. But you can get more. It's more maneuverable, and it's you can get more length by having a fifth wheel as opposed to a standard travel trailer it's bigger so okay. it's a lot more okay. livable for us yeah so that's what and so you actually have a pickup truck with yes. the with the motorhome okay yeah and mm -hmm. so as you're traveling around and maybe you're going to a city and do you if you want to venture into the city do you end up parking the trailer leaving it somewhere and then just taking the truck well we actually are a little bit worse than that um <laughs> 
if we're like just traveling through an area, then yeah, absolutely. When, when we visited uh, Magnolia Farms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, then we just parked at a truck stop. And then Jenny drives her Honda CRV right behind us. And so oh. then we just jump in. Yeah. So we jump. It gets really good gas mileage. So it's not the most more expensive to take. And then when we get to a destination, we usually stay weeks. And we just park the truck and just use the CRV. That way it saves a lot on fuel costs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of those things where um, we got the car as a gift and it was brand new last year. It's a 2018. And the thought of leaving it behind mm-hmm. was like, oh, my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I would recommend anybody do that. But like like this whole thing, what are our resources we have available? And that's so that's what we'll do. Yeah. You know? Right. So, so you're driving separately. Yeah. You're you're driving the truck. You're driving the the CRV. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you'll end up finding a location and stay in the RV overnight, and then explore that area. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes if you're just traveling through for the day, then we'll just see what sites in the city for the day. And but okay. for more, more often than not, though, we'll pa- we'll park in an area at least a couple of weeks. That's the goal. A week is is is, is a short time. The yeah, we find that like um because yeah, there's a lot of work to get the RV ready to go and all that stuff. So we find that a week is a little bit hurried of a, you know, of a pace for us. So we like to stay somewhere at least 2 weeks and then really explore the area and um have some time just to rest. Now I know you've been doing it for 6 months now, right? Yeah. About 6 yeah, months and we bought we bought it in December. Mm-hmm. But we didn't start traveling. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And where where is your route taking you so far? Well, we started, we got stuck in Washington. Um, that's why it took us so long to get out of there with blizzards and medical issues. And so um, by the end of February, we headed down through Oregon and into California, Southern California uh, for a, a while. We hit Pismo Beach and, and camped out there for uh, on the Oceana Dunes. Spent a week at Disney. Then we went over to the Salton Sea, which was amazing. Oh my. Um, we'd never what heard of it Salton before. the Salton Sea? Yeah, neither it's the largest lake in California. You would think we would have heard of it, right? But it was created by accident back in the around the turn of the century uh, for bringing irrigation water. Anyway, the water from the Colorado River just flooded this area, this, this salt basin in, in Southern California. And uh, um, it filled up this massive lake and it became the largest lake in California. And the tourist industry just wrote, was thriving there during the 30s, 40s, 50s because it was a big lake and developers were going crazy. And then it's lower than sea level, so there was no outlets. The water eventually got to, the salinity got really high, and the minerals got really high, and the pesticides got really high, and then the fish just died off in droves, and the lake just died. It's and, the craziest thing, though, because mm-hmm. it looks like you're going to go walk on sand to get to the lake, and all of a sudden you're like, what in the world? It's this, um, like, all these dead barnacles and fish bones that you're walking on, like feet. It looks you think it looks like sand from a distance, but it it's does. not. It's dead fish. It's like two feet of, of dead fish that mm-hmm. you're walking wow. across mm-hmm. to get. And mm-hmm. then, um, actually, with this really cool uh, side trip, we're like, oh, there's this ghost town nearby where we were boondocking, mm-hmm. and... Um, and we went over there and literally we looked at each other and we're like, okay, where are the zombies? When are they going to come out? It looked like an apocalypse, you know, post-apocalyptic thing. Where was yeah. this? Bombay it's- Beach is the name of it. And it's on the Salton Sea. And yeah, it's pretty much a dead town. But artists end up moving in and making these weird sculptures and pieces of art that were like bizarre. And you're like, what? You didn't, I didn't know what was going on here. And I think that's why this was such an amazing trip. This salt, this It was, we didn't plan to go there. It was just a side trip because we got tired and decided to stay there for a few days. Yeah. And um and the adventure of not knowing what it was and just learning all we could about this area. It was just kind of an amazing side trip. Yeah, it was really yeah. fun. And I mean, it was just, I, I think sometimes part of adventure, there's a little bit of fear in adventure. Mm-hmm. And um, so, it, yeah, it was probably one of the most adventurous things we did. We were just like, hey, let's just go explore this area. I thought um, I was going on to a cult compound or something as strange <laughs> as it was. I didn't know. That's really cool. 
It was, yeah. it was amazing. You, you know, it would be a good idea for you guys as you're doing this, make sure you note these incredibly unique, unknown places uh, throughout mm-hmm. our country and yeah. maybe do something with that information when you're all, when everything's they're, said and done. They're unknown to us. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a few locals, but the, the, right. our country is filled with unique little mm-hmm. abandoned oh, towns and, and there things is. like that. Mm-hmm. What was, Elliot, what was the uh, the town in... Uh, I knew you were going to ask. On, on the on our Orange Acres podcast, this guy had a commune in Montana for uh, couch surfers. And he talked about this town. He said it's the last free town in, this, in the country of the United States. Um, I had man. it written down and I don't know where it is. It's essentially lawless, and it's a lot of people that are just backpacking through. I don't think you should go there. It doesn't sound like a very safe place. <laughs> Not with but the it was, it was, yeah, right. No, it, it, but it was incredibly interesting, and mm-hmm. I, I love hearing about places like that. One of the, my favorite things about this country is how unique it is culturally um, and environmentally. You know, the, the the landscape changes so drastically, and um, I'm curious to talk to you. You know, six months from now or a year from mm-hmm. now, after you gain even more experience seeing the country, mm-hmm. and and pick your brain and a good idea, get an idea of or your idea of what you think of the country with your new new perspective. Right. By the yeah. way, I think it's Slab City. Slab City, that's right. Oh, oh yeah, right. Heard of that. Well, there's a Slab City in California that's very near the Salton Sea. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah, it is. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's um, Bombay Beach, and then Slab City is a little further down. There's a bit of hot oh, springs yeah. there, and it's like an old, I think. Well, anyway, there's just paved paved areas, and it's basically home. It's it's sort of like the locals call it like a homeless shelter. You know, you just go there and you can just live. It's yep. a bit bizarre. Yeah, we didn't want to go. We we read about it and we didn't go there. We had a four year old. We're, we're going to do that. So plus, right. it was a lot longer yeah. to get there. Yeah. Do you but remember? Yeah, actually, we did do. Um, we are doing videos um, on YouTube, so we mm-hmm. have a video about that. Of Bombay Beach. Oh, yeah. Bombay Beach. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, so, do you did you guys read or see the movie Into the Wild? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm fairly fairly certain he stopped Mm -hmm. in Slab City on his Mm -hmm. way to Alaska. Okay. I would have to double check that, but I think he did. Mm -hmm. Because there's there's one scene where he meets that girl, and Mm -hmm. I think it's in Slab City because it's just kind of chaotic. It's a Mm -hmm. bunch of like bonfires around with old RVs that are run down. Mm -hmm. But yeah. (laughs) So that is, it's like like 10 miles from the eastern boundary of Salton Sea. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we looked at, because we looked at, someplace to swim because our little boy the reason we ended up at salt and sea is because we were at joshua tree or right outside joshua tree which of course everybody goes to but he wanted to swim so we're like well where can we go to swim and so we went there and we couldn't it was too toxic to swim in the lake and so we looked at this hot, hot springs and it maybe was too a little too naked to, <laughs> to go there so <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's, right. so where did you go from from joshua tree from from the salt and sea yeah, we just made our way across Arizona and into Texas, where we went through San Antonio and um, Houston area, north of Houston and um, Abilene, Texas, Tyler, Texas. We've been mostly visiting family there for the yeah. most part. We spent about five days in Yuma, Arizona. Oh. Yeah, boondocking okay. what did you out. Do there? We were boondocking mm-hmm. on a reservoir, mm-hmm. and um, actually, it was kind of interesting because again, we were going there because um, it was water and our son could swim. And about the third day in, we had, after promising him, there is nothing in this water. It's only tilapia, whatever. Um, I look up and there's a rattlesnake headed like, I mean, beelining over the water. I didn't even know they went on the water, but they're like beelining on the water toward us. I'm like, snake! I grab them and run. And we didn't go swimming Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we're done swimming. (laughs) Now, I didn't know what boondocking was this time last year, so I might want to define that for you guys. Yeah. It's we set up our RV so that we could be in places 
we don't particularly like RVing around and just sitting in like RV resorts that are just basically parking lots, you know? So um, boondocking is when we go out in the wild on public lands or free lands and just park for free somewhere mm-hmm. that it's legal to do so. Oh. Is there a website or something that you're using to find those lands? Some people, when you find a good spot, not a lot of people want to share that, but there are there are definitely several websites. Campendium.com is our favorite. It has paid and free sites. There's freecampsites.net. The site's so ugly it makes your eyes burn a little bit, but there's a lot of information on there. <laughs> what is it, like just all Helvetica text? Yeah, something like that. Like made, probably made in front page. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 the people doing that website are awesome. They're providing good service. I like it. But um, but there's those kinds of sites. But also then, um, you know, any like BLM, the, the, the BLM lands that's operated by the national the, the federal government. If you go to the BLM website and see their public lands, pretty much any public land like that, you're free to park on. Um, and it, there might be some regulations in some places or a small fee, $5 or $10 you have to pay to, to get a permit or something. But for the most part, it's free. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. it makes it easy. I didn't realize that in my, in my own head, when I was thinking about how I was going to RV, um, mm-hmm. I was going to find parking lots, but that's, that's way better. Yeah. <laughs> so we've actually found, cause we had heard like Walmart, you know, you could, you could do it at mm-hmm. Walmarts, but, um, we're actually finding on the road that it's actually, it's kind of hard to find parking lots that they allow you now. They're kind of, a lot of them are cutting out being able to do So that. is that not true that mm-hmm. Walmart will allow anybody to park their RV? Walmart's generally very happy to do it. It's basically a lot of the city ordinances are cracking down on overnight parking like that. Uh, And so... uh, So some will allow it mm -hmm. and some won't. So yeah, it is dictated by the city. Um, We have still not parked in a Walmart parking lot, um, but there are lots of other places like that that if the city allows it, it's okay too. And mm-hmm. casinos are everywhere. Oh, yeah. And they're they're usually happy to have RV guests there <laughs> they, for free. They're hoping that you're... Mm-hmm. Actually, some of them will even like, hey, um, we'll give you $20 or whatever mm-hmm. to spend on yeah. breakfast or whatever. Yeah. They're hoping that you're going to spend more. The thing with casino Suckling. parking lots is you have to be a little careful. Like we were in one noisy. and there was like a drunk couple outside, you know, like 2 a.m. screaming mm-hmm. at each other, you know. So sometimes you have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the peace and quiet that you're going to get on the uh, public yeah. lands. Exactly. Have you seen any unique wildlife? Oh, yeah. Wildly, yes. Um, we saw a live armadillo. Um, we've seen a lot of snakes. Um, yeah. As far as unique wildlife, it's, maybe it's not the, that unique to anybody else, but um, we, we saw a dung beetle in San Antonio, and I'd never seen one before, but he was cleaning up all the dog and deer poop out there and just rolling up into balls and moving it off. It was kind of wild to watch. That's we raised awesome. Some monarch, yeah. <laughs> we raised some monarch butterflies. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of deer and lots of birds, but Lizards. I thought dung beetles were only in Africa. I didn't realize that they were in the United States. That's now, pretty maybe cool. I'm com- maybe I'm completely wrong, but it no, was a beetle that up. was rolling up dung. Because well, <laughs> we found it also. Yeah, I looked down and I, there's this big piece of poop that's like moving on its own. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, lots of lizard snakes and, and scorpion. Oh, they didn't see any scorpions in oh, Yuma, but it, no. lots of that kind of stuff, yeah. That's kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. One thing that I've always wondered, and I know it can be an issue with RVs, is basically sewage and water. Yeah. So when you find a campsite, mm-hmm. how how often do you have to clean out like the sewage tank? And how often do you replenish your water supplies? It's a great question. And that plays into the other question of weight. Um, most RVs have a pretty narrow margin between how much they weigh when they come from the factory and how much you can add in legally. And ours is about 2,500 pounds, which okay. means that to take our stuff with us, we basically can't haul much water. So we have to get water usually when we get close to a place. Um, so we can we have enough water usually for a week. And um, if we don't take a ton of showers or do a lot of laundry, we can... 
our, our, our gray water tank will last a week. Our, definitely our sewage tank will last a week. So about a week, if we're careful. Okay. Um, now, we, if we're at a park or if we're in somebody's driveway, because we like driveway surfing too, then we have a macerator pump so we can run a long hose, just even a garden hose, and empty out our tanks into somebody's sewer clean out or their toilet. So it's okay. really a relatively nice thing to have for us. We had mm -hmm. that on because we wanted to do a lot of driveway surfing. Yeah, um, but we can take about 90 gallons of water with us and that lasts a bit. Interesting. So just for the listeners, gray water is essentially recycled water? It's water that goes, that comes from our, our shower and our sink. Okay. And then there's a separate tank for the water that comes to, from the toilet. And that's just to kind of extend mm -hmm. the length of the life of the water. It's to separate it out because one is considered sewage and one is considered just, you know, recycled water. Yeah. Okay. In some states, you can actually dump that water on the ground uh, yeah. as, long, as long as it doesn't have food in it. So we have a separate tank for our kitchen sink. Okay. Yeah. And then um, uh, but some people who like to boondock longer, they'll use... Um, composting toilets mm -hmm. so it, you know it collects your urine separately from the rest of the waste and then you can you know you compost the rest of the waste and you can just dump it out and then you can just pour the, the urine on the ground a lot of people like that I'd, i'm not in, too into doing that <laughs> doesn't sound very fun to me but no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know if i enjoy that no 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 and and i know so going back to the weight you said 2500 pounds is what you were allowed to add to the rv that you have yeah roughly um different RVs of different amounts. Ours is a very larger end of the fifth wheels. It's about four, a little over 41 feet long. Oh, wow. And drive from the big. factory. Yeah, it's big. We, we, you know, we wanted beauty and we wanted comfort. So we opted for larger um, because it has a separate office. It has a king size bed. It's got a washer and a dryer. It's very comfortable. Wow. Uh, um, now, some the downside is we can't take it into, say, about 80% of national parks. We couldn't park it there because okay. most national parks have about a 30 foot limit. Um, and also, it's harder to park at some places that let you park for free, like Cracker Barrel or REI or Camping World, because right. there's not that much parking for a bigger RV. So there's downsides to it, too. But to answer the weight, it weighs about 13,500 pounds dry. But then you add in your propane and your equipment and your clothes and your food and all that kind of stuff. And we can't go over 16,900 pounds. So okay. we got about 2,500 pounds. And that was the biggest limiting factor in what we could bring with us was weight. Yeah, we actually started out thinking that space would be the issue, but it um, all of a sudden we weighed it and we're like, whoa, we mm. have about a thousand pounds to, to get lose. rid of. Yeah. I I don't know if this is a dumb question, but how do you weigh it? <laughs> that was going to be my question, Bob, so I don't think it's that dumb. <laughs> how do you weigh it? You said? I wouldn't have known that yeah. before. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. For the most part, uh, cat scales, and they're, they're everywhere, and every town has a cat scale. It's like the cat, you know, CAT, like make the bulldozers. And so they're at truck stops, and you can just you get an app on your phone, you register there, and you just drive on, and they weigh you and send you an email with your weight, and it's easy enough. Sometimes okay. there's a little work okay. on sides of roads. Sometimes in some states, there's places where you can just pull off and weigh yourself at a closed truck stop too. But yeah, right, right, yeah, those giant scales. No, I, that yeah. that makes sense. <clears throat> so what yeah. what has been some of the vital equipment that you've taken with you or possessions that you've brought with you? And mm -hmm. to then let's get into <laughs> the possessions that you don't you didn't actually need that you brought with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as the ones that we don't need, um, about what. I forget, like halfway through or maybe even like two months into it, we decided to go keto. So we had a rice cooker and a toaster that were like, well, those anymore. probably won't use those. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think one of the things, one of the reasons we did this was our lives were too full, right? And because I think as Americans, maybe more people than that, I don't know, but some of us live like we're God and we can just have infinite space and time. And, and so we just keep adding stuff to our lives. But um, the thing about living in an RV like this, when you're limited to 2,500 pounds is if you buy something, you take something away. So if you buy a hat, 
find something that weighs the same as the hat and get rid of it. So, but what do we bring with us? So we, we actually bought a washer and dryer to put in here. Um, that was heavy. Uh, batteries and solar equipment. Um, so we could produce our own energy. Bought a generator. Um, I brought enough tools. Originally, I packed so many tools I could rebuild an, I, I could rebuild an engine. But when we realized we need to lose weight, I pared it down to what tools we might just actually need on regular maintenance stuff. Um, and then this, we pared down our kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you don't need two pizza cutters, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And some stuff that mm -hmm. I'm like, I've never, I don't even know what this does. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even yeah. have an idea. So a lot are of the you, kitchen stuff got rid of. Lynn, are you able to rebuild an engine? Are you, do you understand how to do that? Stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I could do a lot of on a car. I could not rebuild an engine or transmission. But, but okay. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's something mm -hmm. I lack. I have no experience with, uh, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't even know how to change my oil. Uh, I don't okay. know if I should admit that's that on the podcast. It's too late now. Yeah, it's, right. it's already out there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I found that even even in homes, like kitchen items, there are so many kitchen gadgets available now mm -hmm. that are one use items. Yeah. And it's kind of unreal. Like there yeah. there's a few things you need for a kitchen. It's like fire mm -hmm. and a knife. There you and go. Maybe <laughs> a fork. Yeah. And that'll that'll mm -hmm. do about ninety percent of the things. When you realize how much of our lives go to to maintaining and managing the stuff in our lives, it's overwhelming. It is. How much time goes to that? Yes. It's yeah. Nice having a lot less. Yeah. Right. I, that's that's one of the things that I'm interested in. When I do uh, do what you're doing and get an RV eventually at some point in my future, I'm curious to see what I leave behind. It's I have a ton of junk. I'm just accumulating junk. I'm accumulating uh, weird kitchen appliances, air fryers, and just mm -hmm. things that, you know, novelty items. And there's just so much that I mm -hmm. don't need. And I'm looking forward to the day where I <clears throat> get, into an, get into an RV and hit the road with, with the essentials and the people I care. Just, yeah, yeah, and it's just go. Freeing. It's very freeing. Even yeah. before we got into the RV, just clearing out our house to get ready to sell um, was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much stuff I move around. I never use it. I just move it from one place to the next, you know? So yeah, it's been very freeing to get rid of that stuff and just pare down what you really need. And we do have a storage unit. It's not very big, but just for more like sentimental stuff, like furniture my dad made or things like that. Mm -hmm. But an RV doesn't come without maintenance, right? Like you still have oh, to no. do stuff. Yeah. I, like you, like you said earlier, when you're getting ready to leave a spot, there's a good amount of work that takes to be able to get yeah. ready and go. Yeah. We, I mean, a lot of it is just cleaning, but um, but definitely configuring it to run, you know, to, to put everything in a safe space. It, I would say on average, it's taking us probably 90 minutes of, of that kind of work when we I move. Mean, that's like mowing a lawn. I know. That's what I think. It's, it's, it doesn't, it feels like it's still less maintenance than a house. Well, because I mean, even mm -hmm. cleaning our house, it probably could take 20 minutes. I mean, cleaning the RV. Um, as opposed to a weekend, yeah, a yeah. weekend cleaning a house. So I mean, I think about how much maintenance I do. My wife and I just bought a house in May, and there's so much work to do. Mm -hmm. And Bob's, yeah. I mean, Bob warned me about this before I bought the house, and he was like, "Dude, just be prepared. Yeah. Every weekend, yeah. at least yeah. three to four hours." Yeah, it's yeah. I work all week, and then you come home, and then the weekend comes, and you have to do all the yard work and clean your house and do your laundry. Mm -hmm. It's like I almost wish I lived yeah. in an HOA. Yeah, well, yeah. We're staying here at this community. It's it's in a more of a rural area, but everybody on the in this in development has at least three acres, three to five acres of land, mostly covered in grass. Mm -hmm. And all weekend long, we see them mowing it, and I just feel bad for them. I'm like, I hope they really enjoy. I hope it gives them a lot of life mowing their lawn yeah. because they're spending their entire weekend doing it. Yeah, and I'm so happy not to have to do that anymore. I know. We like, pulled into a, a beautiful to each place. Their own. 
But right? I do not yeah. want to cut grass. I do not want to trim hedges. Mm-hmm. I still have trouble grasping the fact that we come to a piece of land, we completely demolish it, level it, get rid of the trees, put a house on it, and then spend all of this energy and effort <laughs> into manicuring the grass. Right. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'd say my favorite moment as in our travels is always that moment when we get to a new spot and we put out the slides and my big back window is sitting right next to a lake or a reservoir just in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That is the favorite moment where I'm like, this is beautiful. And I did nothing to maintain it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I didn't just enjoying have to. it. Yeah. 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 We get to enjoy nature at its finest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think or at the very least places other people are fixing up, you yeah. know, like the RV yeah. parks or whatever they're mowing the yard. Yeah, right. you're you able to appreciate other people's work or even nature's work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's something incredibly freeing about what you're doing. Just being able to hit the road as you please, stop as you please for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really awesome way to travel. Lynn or Jenny, have you read The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? No. So no. for the most part, it's more about Zen. Oh, it's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And it's more about the idea of maintaining this motorcycle on a road trip. And one of my college professors way back in the day talked about this and had us read it as an assignment. And I still, I, I could never like truly get into it because I think of maintenance as something additional that you have to do, unless you truly enjoy it, like we were talking mm-hmm. about with mowing a lawn mm-hmm. or something that gives you benefit or gives you a zen have you found that with maintaining an rv i think really the maintain the maintaining of the rv it's just more of a a necessity to be able to use it to to further what we want to do so it's a necessary evil for me and the cleaning i mean i think for us just being surrounded by beauty is really important and really Mm -hmm. feeds us and so having having the rv clean and nice um you know it definitely lessens our stress one other yeah. thing that I really wanted to talk about, and we talked about water and sewer, and you hinted at electricity that you have solar panels. Mm-hmm. In, a, in being able to work, how do you mm-hmm. guys get internet? It's a good question. And we live in a great time. Now, so I have on, we have electronics on the roof. I have a Wi-Fi extender, and I have, uh, so I can grab Wi-Fi signals from a couple miles away, and I have a cell booster. My experience has been so far that everywhere I've gone, my cellular service has exceeded the capacity of the Wi-Fi networks we've gone on. Really? So I can I can video conference with my clients. Um, we have two we have a Verizon service and we have an AT and T service, so we try to have always coverage somewhere. Okay. And um, so yeah, yeah, between those two, we always have sufficient bandwidth for sure. And at times he's had to like actually go in the truck mm-hmm. and Twice. you know get to a different place to be able to mm-hmm. um, get the you know cell coverage, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you've only had to do that twice in the last six months. Yeah. Yeah. Just put all the computer gear and the sound mixers and the microphones and stuff like that into the truck and just set up somewhere else in a parking lot or a park somewhere. That's really there. not too bad. I, no. I thought it would be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I thought the, I mm-hmm. thought not necessarily the Midwest, but like the Rockies and mm-hmm. other areas had a lot less cell coverage. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good in most places. And, and we live in a really exciting time because right now you do have to be careful that I, I mean, we have to show up Wednesday because I work Thursday and Friday. We have to show up somewhere Wednesday so that I can spend an hour or so just testing different signals and making sure that I've got something to work with. And if not, I have to drive somewhere to find somewhere to work with. But, but, you know, with this uh, Elon Musk, they just launched a bunch of satellites and over the next three years, you know, they're, 
there's going to be global fast internet. And I don't know what's going to cost. Maybe it's going to be insanely expensive like it is now, but at least it'll be fast and low latency so we can do this stuff from anywhere. Yeah. And then 5G is going to be only in the cities, but it's insanely fast and good too. So, I mean, this is a great time to start thinking about that because I think within a year, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, we what are you guys using right now to do this interview? Uh, well, we're at Jenny's parents' house, so I actually ran a network cable into their router. <laughs> so we're hooked up via uh, 100 megabit spectrum internet oh, wow. to do this All right. right now. But but be honestly, I, I I watch my bandwidth all the time, and to do video conferencing, at the most, it's taking me 400 kilobits up and 400 kilobits down. So, what you need to do it is not that much. Hmm. I thought it was it's, a lot it's, more than that. Well, it's more the latency that's the problem. If you get far from a cell tower, then if you get into latency of like a thousand milliseconds, that becomes pretty problematic. But for the most part, if you're in the 20 to 30 second ranges, huh. which is most of the time. Things I didn't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I think Elon, Elon Musk is his whole MO is to provide cheap and affordable. Wi-Fi to the planet, right? Yeah, so hopefully it isn't too expensive when he actually does it. Yeah, you can hope. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was Musk's vision to launch what five thousand satellites to span yeah. the kind of stratosphere mm -hmm. and provide right. Wi-Fi to every single place on Earth, Antarctica and oceans included. Mm -hmm. Wow, that'd be great because we'd love to. Yeah, one of the reasons we didn't do the sailboat either is it would just have been almost impossible to get a good internet signal in, in the Caribbean. So uh, it would yeah. be tough to work. Yeah. Yeah, is that still on the in, in the plans for the future? We don't know we what the future to, holds. But, yeah, yeah, we're not sure. Right so, now, we like our life, and you know. Yeah, so are, is what you're doing indefinite? You're just gonna go with the flow? Um, is there any plan to slow down or? <laughs> <laughs> well, originally it was supposed to be a year. Um, mm -hmm. That's that was our plan, and then we got into it, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, we love this." Mm -hmm. um, I love being able to see family members and be near mm -hmm. other people that we don't get to see very often. And I love, we, we all love seeing new places. Yeah. Even our little guy is very adventurous. So, I mean, we just, I don't know, we're loving it so much. We're not really sure. The thought of going back to be anchored down to one specific location is yeah. it's not very appealing right now. Although I think when our son gets to a certain age and, and you know, for sports teams and community and friends, that might be necessary. Yeah. I think it's, a, you know, there's good things in having community but right now. We're good. Right. Elliot, so that's something that you've brought up before when we've had discussions similar to this, that you think you would lack the sense of community and that would actually pick at you. you it, would, it would bother you. Whereas I don't feel that. I think I would be fine leaving any sense of community for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like I need it. I don't know because I've never done it. But I think um, the thing that would bother me, especially with having a kid, is sense of education and having family nearby. Like, it, at least with a young child. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the, definitely that's one of the downsides to this lifestyle is that, but the plus side is we've seen a lot diff, more family members and we spent ex actually extended time with them because like even I lived literally three houses from my mom when we lived, when we were in a house. Okay. And then when I bought the RV, we spent two months in her driveway and I saw her so much more in the driveway than mm -hmm. I did when we just lived three houses down. And now with Jenny's parents and with the aunts and uncles that we've been visiting, we're right at their houses. And we, so we see a lot more of them. So I like that sense of community that we're getting. But yeah, it's not still so stable. So there's definitely a downside to it. I think it's for everybody. And where else do you have planned in the United States to see? Are you coming to the East Coast? Okay. Yeah, we um, well, we want to go out um, back out west just for our son's birthday. And then we're going to head out east. Um, I I've always wanted to see Maine and New Hampshire in the fall. I've heard yes. it's just gorgeous. Yes. So, mm -hmm. and then like you know, Cape Cod, those kind of places. Yeah. Um, so we really want to explore 
Oh, and yeah, I would Nature love, Park, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love ideas for mm-hmm. places to see out there because we'd love mm-hmm. to to go out. We we talked about going to New York, New York for um the like the parade and Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Day. yeah, yeah that's um, huge. Thought that'd be really fun. And uh, we have a retreat going on in October that we, we do for foster and adoptive moms in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, um, hey. in October, so we're going to be there, and then Where? probably um, in Lancaster County. Oh, that is Ooh. literally Elliot's room. That's literally <laughs> thirty five minutes, and that's where my mom lives. No my way. mom and sister both live in Lancaster. Oh my wow. gosh! Yeah, we'll be there in October. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely, send me a Facebook message or text me. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds oh, like definitely. Fun. That'd I would be love fun. to get, take you guys mm-hmm. out. Lancaster's a wonderful, wonderful city. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there, I mean, the people there are just great. I mean, I we've done it now. This is our this will be our third year out there, and um, oh, wonderful people. I mean, just yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful people. So, so after Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll probably make our way down the Eastern Seaboard and uh, hit Florida around March um, because we're going to be heading over to Jamaica for a week in March, and then uh, fun. Not in the RV. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> Is it the a duck that... boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have actually mm-hmm. seen those. Yeah. I've seen them before where the it's like a motorhome that turns into a boat. I thought wow. that was really cool. They have everything. I know. It's insane. Um, we, the answer to that question most likely, uh, most often, though, is where are you heading next? And it's wherever we want. Exactly. So That's, that's the a best great thing. answer. Yeah. yeah. Because we can change at any point. And mm-hmm. if we, there are places that we were only going to stay for a little while and we ended up staying longer because we were really enjoying it. Or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. we just. Now, do you have a list of places that you want to see, cities or national parks that you, you plan to go to? So we have a bucket list of things that we'd kind of like to do. Um, but this was never, this is never really motivated by, say, travel. We've both traveled the world extensively uh, and been mm-hmm. around a lot. And so this was more about the freedom and the mobility. But, that being said, there are things we'd like yeah, like that, that that we'd like to do on our bucket list for sure. Our, it was actually yeah. funny when we um, talked to our four year old about bucket lists and you know what it means, and we asked what his bucket list was. He wanted to see the Mariana Trench, which is the you know like that's a hefty goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe not mm-hmm. able to do that one. Yeah, not an RV, yeah. but maybe <laughs> with James Cameron. There you, there you go. go. Mm-hmm. So as as we get like we're almost at the hour point and and something that I want to talk about with you is how you could provide inspiration to people who may be listening to this for uh for inspiration um you know whether or not they're stuck in a job or you know they're they're sitting at home and not sure what to do with their life but maybe they know they want to travel mm-hmm. what would you say to those people to help them uh uh, get the motivation that they need to pick up and and do something similar to what you guys mm-hmm. have already began. Well, I think it's to have a good goal because um, it's it may be that you can't do this today, mm-hmm. but I think there's very very little in life that if we wanted to do we couldn't do in six months or a year, maybe three years. I don't know. You know, it, it, like it took me three years to get, go to grad school and get the degree that allowed me to have a job I could do this kind of a thing. But so to to move towards those goals, but that I think the other thing is that anything worth doing that will be this beneficial will, will require sacrifice. And I think sometimes people don't step up and actually do live their dream or do something that is they need to do because there's doubts, downsides to it. So or fear, like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, right. there's a lot of fear involved mm-hmm. in like, well, what about this and what about that? Right. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of times, like we were probably in a place of burnout and a little bit depression. And I think, um, we had been staying in there so long because it was comfortable, really. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to step out of your comfort zone to get the life that you really want. And a lot of times people are really afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, when it comes down to it, this is all just stuff. And there's no such thing as security anywhere. I mean, anybody can lose their job at any day. I mean, the companies can shut. I mean, you know, there's just no security. So 
um, yeah. Go for it. Right. Yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and even if you can't do this or, or, you know, your full dream, at least move toward it, you know, like, um, I mean, there's stuff that people can even do just to simplify their life where they're at, you know, stop moving around so many things, you know, get rid of stuff that you're tripping over. Um, so you can have a more simplified life where you're at or, um, man, you know, go take that week long trip or, um, rent an RV and see if you like it, you know, different things that people can do right now. Yeah. The one thing that I really wanted to talk to you guys about before you went is the financials, because I know you guys sold everything Mm -hmm. and kind of gave up the home, gave up a lot of possessions. Mm -hmm. How fiscally feasible is it to A, purchase an RV and then operate it and drive around because you're saving a lot on hotels. That's the big one. Mm -hmm. And then are there any fees for like sewage or the add electricity mm-hmm. or are your right. phone bills any bigger it's a good question um because to do this i mean we had to reduce our overall costs right mm-hmm. um so here's how we did it one is we we did go heavy up front with equipment costs to make our rv so that we could park for free if we needed to and it's definitely we've done it and it saved a ton of money just mm-hmm. to be able to park for free the second thing is we we joined a a um a, a membership club and it's called thousand trails and they have like 80 campgrounds around the country and around North America. And basically for literally they have these specials every year where you like for $350, you can sign up for a year and you can park anywhere in that zone. Then you can do some upgrades, but basically you can park anywhere for free for two weeks, any other camps for two weeks for free. Then you have to take one week out. So we, we park one of those places for free for two weeks and then we move on to a driveway or a boondocking someplace and then we can go someplace else now occasionally we'll bite the bullet because if you if you pay for rv parks you, the, probably the average is 50 bucks a night for full hookup so at that point it's mm-hmm. a mortgage and all, i mean it's expensive yeah it's ex- too expensive yeah um, obviously there's cheaper places but um yeah, our, yeah. our disney trip that one week costs more than there's a thousand dollars to park for one week at disney wow jeez i know it was insane uh yeah so but so there's that and then when you're at those parks uh the the cost of the electricity and the sewage and the water is all included in that. So okay. we just we, we we can run almost everything on electricity and we can run almost everything on gas. So when we're in those parks, we just run on electricity because it costs us nothing more. And then we're at, when we're out on solar, then we just run off gas. Um, in the winter, propane was costing us almost as much as our electricity because yeah. we hadn't prepared to be in the winter. And so I was spending about $150 to $200 a month in propane. Wow. But since we headed south, I've only had to fill my... I, I just basically travel with one tank full, and I think we maybe spent thirty dollars on propane in six months. And that's just like grilling and yeah, that so kind of for stuff. cooking. That's basically it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That it might be <laughs> smarter to you know travel in an RV in the north in the summer and the winter travel Absolutely. south. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Downside, mm-hmm. Downside is just on our batteries and our solar, we can't really run air conditioning. So if it was someplace pretty hot, we'd want to be plugged in somewhere. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, so other costs basically is just the diesel, and that's just variable depending on how far we want to travel. And there have been times where we've been like, okay, it's a little tighter, so we'll wait a little bit where we're at before we travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we get about ten miles to the gallon of diesel. So we're going to be driving to um, from Wisconsin to Washington next week, and that'll cost us about six hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. Just in fuel costs, and that's between both yeah. cars. Uh, roughly, yeah. We although it, we save a ton of money because we never eat out. So when when it's lunchtime, we pull over to a rest area or side of the road and get into our kitchen and have lunch, and then just keep moving. So. It saves a lot of money with eating out, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I love it. I love it. I think this is such a cool way to travel. I've, I've never done it. I've never done anything like it. I've driven a, a lot of the country, but I've never done it in an RV. Um, yeah. I'm really yeah. excited to do it. Yeah. You better hope nobody at work is listening to this. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, uh, have you guys traveled? Mm-hmm. Have you traveled internationally at all? Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah. yeah. Um, Europe and Asia and UK, South America, Central America. Oh wow. Yeah, we saw oh, your okay. pictures of Machu Picchu, and we're like, we love Machu yeah. Picchu. That was so <laughs> fun. Yeah. Places. That was beautiful. amazing. Yeah. Wow. It really it, was. Peru was an incredible country, and uh, yeah. yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like when we See, scratched the surface. Yeah, I know. I know. We we amazing. yeah, so nice. The food was great. We ended up just staying in the Sacred Valley, so we didn't really see you know the whole country uh, as much mm-hmm. as we wanted to. But just seeing Machu Picchu blew us away. It was it was Ellie yeah. and I, and then a uh, third friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. one of those places. If you mm-hmm. are able to go, wow, it's that was probably our favorite place in the world. But did you eat suri when yeah. you were down there? Did you get to eat any suri? So big. It's big caterpillars, and it kind of tastes like chicken. What? But- no, yeah, it's, it's a delicacy down there. Gui, which is guinea pigs, and suri, yes. which is we yeah, did, anyway. The people we were the worried, they pigs, were like, oh, yeah. this is okay. chicken, eat it. And we were, they were giggling, so we knew that something was up. But yeah. Mm-hmm. How uh, did they come? Was... Did they look like a caterpillar? They deep fried. Uh, they cut into pieces and deep fried it. It looked a little scaly to me, but yeah. it was okay. And it's, it's caterpillar, not millipede? No, it's like a big, it looks like a, think of like a tiny little pig in a blanket, you know, okay. with this little smoky yeah. wrapped in. It's, what a, it, it's a big fat caterpillar. It's about, you know, an, Two inches yeah, long. We had no idea that was even a delicacy. No. I would have no. I would have absolutely not. I would have tried it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you guys yeah. go to Peru? Uh I guess it was early in our marriage, so maybe 10, mm-hmm. 10 15 years ago. More okay. Than that. It was probably more yeah, when yeah it was about fifteen. Twelve years ago, thirteen yeah. years and ago. And favorite place in the world? Yeah. Probably Machu Picchu, yeah. Machu Picchu yeah. by far. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean it's up there for me. I, I think yeah, it might I, be yeah. my my if I could pick one specific location um it might be machu picchu yeah yeah because i've been to many places but i mean it's it was the most beautiful and just unique amazing Mm -hmm. place i mean the ruins and how Mm -hmm. the mountains were very tall and interesting yeah Yeah. it was a very yeah something i'll never forget is coming out to that overlook and seeing it for the very first time oh yeah yeah. it's like a fantasy it's unreal yeah yeah Yeah. it does It, it seems unreal and then we we spent the day climbing to the top of Wyana Beach, yes, which was mm-hmm. up the death stairs. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, we yeah. went to yeah. one place um, where we were like, you basically you barely walked mm-hmm. around and you were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you were yep. so up high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that altitude. Can I say one more thing about yeah, the RV fun. costs? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because sure. I just wanted, yeah. cause we we ended up being fortunate enough to have that big payout on our house, but. You don't have to spend a ton of money on your RV to, to have a nice one. A lot of people buy 10 to 20-year-old RVs and remodel them, just like you would a house. And then you have a great um, RV that's beautiful. I mean, there's a couple called the Jurgis, J-U-G-R-Y. I've been watching, follow them on, on Instagram and um, YouTube for a while. But yeah, they did that. They bought a 2004 RV. and just it, We didn't want to have to do any remodeling, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a cheap way to get into doing it. Well, yeah. I will say, I, the last thing I'll say is the... The main things that I've heard about RVs is the same thing I've heard about boats. And my grandparents owned both an RV and a boat. Mm -hmm. And they said the exact same thing is their two favorite days, the two, (laughs) the two most memorable days are the day they bought it and the day they sold it. Mm -hmm. It is true. And that's a down. Yeah. Yeah. I, they never, they never used their RV to the extent that they wanted to. I think they took maybe one trip in the three years that they mm-hmm. owned it. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the time it sat in their driveway. That's, but you know, I don't, a lot of people do that. They, there's just a mentality that you have to have, I think, when mm-hmm. you own an RV. And some people mm-hmm. have it and some people yeah. just like the idea of it. The idea, yeah. I have, we have a 25 foot sailboat that's sitting in a storage unit, well, a storage yard right now. And it stresses me out. 
because I'm not on it and I'm not maintaining it. And it does stress me. I want to sell it so badly. If anybody wants it, I will make you a stealer deal on this boat. <laughs> if anybody wants it. Because, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's stressful if you're not in it all the time and just taking care of it. What's going on with it? Am I going to have to get out there and do it? Yeah, it's just a pain in the butt. Well, it's a lot of money to not mm -hmm. use, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, you anything else? Before, before you go, can you provide contact information for anybody that wants to... Get in touch with you, understand what it's like to own an RV, to see if anybody wants to buy your boat, anything like that. <laughs> you can reach out to us on, at Facebook uh, at Destination our Destination Rejuvenation or uh, our website, destination-rejuvenation.com. Uh, uh, and all our contact information is there. I'm happy to, to chat. Our YouTube channel as well. But we're posting weekly now our adventures from the early earlier part of the year. Um, and that's at YouTube and um Destination Rejuvenation. So you can find that on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what about sharing your nonprofit? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we have we work with Forever Homes. That's foreverhomes.org. And they, that's the one who does the retreats and the support for foster and adoptive families. And, and we're just and, about to release a book, actually. Jimmy's book is coming out yeah. in, in a week and a half. Um, Congratulations. I wrote a book. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's been like oh, a long project. But, um, yeah, we um, I just wanted to help other families out there. And um, so I wrote about our experiences and the things that, you know, kind of in a story form, you know, things I wish I would have known back then. Um, it's called Dancing with the Porcupine. That was probably the best way I could describe parenting kids who'd been through a lot of trauma because they push you away, um, you know, not because they're so afraid of getting hurt. Um, so, yeah. So that releases August 22nd. We're really excited about that. But we're doing that through our nonprofit. Awesome. Very nice. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. It's great to meet you guys and I uh, look forward to hearing more from your podcast. Yeah. Thank you both. Well, that is our show for today, but Jenny Lim gave me a lot of hope for potentially an early retirement, which is entirely possible just to, you know, drive around in a home that I right. own and no other home. And that's basically base camp. Yeah. You have to start setting yourself up right now for the job that will need to do that, which you are. You can work on a computer a lot, can you? Yeah, but it's, uh, you got a lot of meetings. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're, you kind of, yeah. you used to travel a lot for, for work, but not necessarily, I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, I don't either. I did used to travel a lot, a lot for work though. But yeah, that is actually, this is my retirement plan. Um, if I don't do it before then, I think my wife and I's plan, Marley's plan and, and I, <laughs> um, is to see the world as much as we can. And then as we get older, um, then maybe start to get the RV and travel North America, go up into Canada, down into Mexico. Can I say it like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's pronounced. Yeah, that is true. All right. Um, thank, you, thank you, everyone, for listening to the, to the podcast. Um, if you want, you can rate us on iTunes. We like that. We um, do. We have not received an iTunes rating in a long time. And frankly, we're kind of getting a little lonely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bob and I have our, have our company, but... <laughs> Are you man, sure? It's, it gets tiresome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening and um, tune in next week. 